You're listening to the Direction for Life podcast. We pray this episode blesses you. We'd love to connect with you. Visit us at rdci.info or on Facebook at Right Direction Church International. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the RDCI. We hope you enjoy this broadcast. Hello, hello, hello. How is everyone this evening? How y'all doing, Jamal, Adrian? CB, Pastor Chandler, how y'all doing tonight? Great. Doing good. How about y'all? Doing good. Nine o'clock came quick for me. Yes. (laughs) Yes, it did. (laughs) How was your day? You know, anything new? Anything good? Kid-free week. Yeah. yeah. (gasps) Wait. Kid-free week. Yes. Yes. Come on, Jesus. Yeah. She's that grandma estate. She's at the estate of her grandmother. <laughs> oh, nice. Having fashion shows and eating chocolate all day. <laughs> oh, yes. ho, 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 ho. that's fantastic. Oh, man. So y'all, y'all have been having a great time, huh? Right. Yes, ma'am. Relaxing. Relaxing. Awesome. And awesome. Sleeping in. Reconnecting, <laughs> which is so perfect because tonight we're going to be talking about intimacy. Beyond sex. So this is perfect. So y'all been connecting? Well, yeah. We, we went on a daytime date. We did. And this is the first daytime date in a while. Yeah, we did. Oh, oh, that was oh nice. wait a minute, wait a minute. Bishop said y'all having sex. Y'all told him <laughs> how, y- y'all having sex? We doing, we doing what we can. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> when you yell Okay, well, I'm going to get a, a, what you power up and I'm going to mute my phone. Okay. Well, while they're getting um getting powered up, um, welcome okay. everyone to the marriage, faith, and family room. Oh, sorry, Bishop. I'm sorry. I was doing all this talking, and I realized I was muted. And so then you just came and interrupted me. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> so I was. I'm sorry, y'all. I was muted. Uh, I was saying uh, again. Let me start again. Welcome again tonight to the marriage, faith, and family room with uh, Bishop. Herbert and Dr. Marcy Bailey, yours truly, and um, our sidekicks, Minister Jamal and Adrian Davis. Glad to have y'all with us tonight. Uh, seems like it's been a while since we've been with y'all. We had, had a lot of stuff going on with our family. Had a transition of an uncle, patriarch of my family. Then uh, last week we were, we were uh, this is Tuesday, yeah, last week we were traveling and supposedly enjoying our 37th anniversary, and I got attacked with, it. man, some type some of everything. some cold or whatever it was. I just knew it had to be COVID. I took several COVID tests. They all came out negative, and I'm like, whatever this is, I don't want it ever again in life. It interrupted Oh, man. It really interrupted. In so, a whole state. So I tried to, so we, uh, you you know, we, we had events, several events scheduled, mm-hmm. and I tried to keep those and uh, we went yeah, to went we, tried. we we kept those, we kept them, but um, and then good. slept in between yeah. before and then after. And then one day, I think for, I think maybe almost forty eight hours, she was just in the bed. Yeah, yeah. The first from the first day we got there, yeah, I was in it. Yeah, it was. Anyway, so glad to have you with us tonight, and so grateful for the Davises and filling in for us. Again, welcome to have all of you with us tonight. Uh, Let's pray, and then we're going to get started. Father, we just thank you for this time again tonight. 
here with the uh, in the marriage, faith, and family room here in the Kingdom Business Network. I speak your blessing upon each of those who join us in this room tonight. That it's revelation, that it's impartation, that we get a great understanding how to be the husbands we should be, the wives we should be, mm-hmm. how to have the God kind of families, despite everything that's going on in the world and despite all the all the norms or lack of norms and things that we see changing, we want to do things according with your word because we know that your word is to be a lamp unto our feet and light unto our path. Mm-hmm. So I ask in the name of Jesus that we get wisdom tonight with the things that we discuss that is solidified by your word. I pray for marriages. I pray for anyone whose marriages feel that they're under attack. We counterattack that tonight with the blood of Jesus, by the authority of Jesus' name. We declare no weapon formed against us. Our marriages, our families shall prosper in the name of Jesus, that we get what we need to do what we need to do to not just have long marriages, but to have strong marriages, that you would be glorified in our marriages and in our relationships. I pray even for the singles who are with us tonight, that they get the wisdom in advance, take advantage of the opportunity to get wisdom in advance for the next stage in their life. And thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, um, uh, Minister Jamal, I, I hopefully, uh, uh, Minister Jamal and Agent, I, I sent you all some stuff pretty late here, but just to give you some headlines. Um, that So there was a, there's been this, study or or um, book put together by Jason and Shelley um, Martinkus, Martinkus, I believe it's pronounced. And Shelley wrote a book called Rescued. And uh, in here, she, she talks about seven types of intimacy. And so intimacy, you know, we, we've heard a, a play on those words, but I think it's a good play in the words. Intimacy intimacy and many times when we think of intimacy we merely think of sex and sex is not the only type of intimacy as a matter of fact we're going to see that you can have even you can have sex and not real have true intimacy we we ain't going to talk about that tonight because all particularly people who may have had sexual relationships even before they got married recognize you can have sex and even good sex and it has nothing to do with intimacy or really or really connecting on the level that God really wants us to connect with our spouses. And so the greater the level of intimacy, the greater safety and security that we have in our marriages. Okay. And every marriage wants to have safety and security. Definitely. You know, uh can you be married and not have safety yeah and, and some people yeah they where they they always wonder from day to day you know it, it's, it's kind of like the old traditional way of the way i came along we was we was uh you know the kind of way had us thinking about salvation we didn't know from day to day if we were saved or not we didn't know from day to day we were gonna make it in mm-hmm. and so before we went to bed we prayed for that Lord forgive us for sins of omission and commission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we sing these songs like, if you live right, heaven belongs to you. Yeah. And then people say stuff like, well, I got to love them because I want to make it in. Yeah. You know, that, that kind of stuff where there's no real security in your salvation. Mm-hmm. You didn't know at any minute whether you did something or said something that's going to cause you to go to hell. You know, that's no security in your relationship with the Lord. Yeah. People go through marriage like that. You're not knowing from week to week or month to month. Are you going to stay? Yeah. I know early on in our marriage, 
that was a, probably a concern for you. A concern for me. You, you, I, you knew I was in it. You I knew I was that. in it to win I it, knew that. and you knew I was ride or die. But you, I don't I know. Was, I had to, I had to help Pastor Marsh come along with this commitment thing. <laughs> you did, she, honestly. She was, even though we talked about it. We talked about before. It. It's uh -huh. one thing to talk about, nothing to live with it. Yeah, it really, it really is, and I don't because think when the because when the going got tough. I got going. She got ready to get going. I try to get going. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! You were saying stuff like, "I don't know. Mm. I don't know how much more of this I can take. I don't know how long I can do this." Or, I mean, I'm leaving. Or I'm, I'm gonna, I'm leaving. I'm walking mm -hmm. out. I, I kind of did that kind of stuff, you know. And um, you really didn't take, I, you know, from my observation, it didn't seem like you took it really too seriously. No, I, I knew I knew it meant that you were unhappy or mm -hmm. unsatisfied, but I didn't really think it meant you just gonna walk away. Right. You I weren't think, worried by that. No, I really okay. wasn't worried, but I, I knew that I, didn't get that I knew that things need to change in a way that you don't feel that you that you have to be going there all the mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. But I didn't feel like you just gonna walk out and walk away. Yeah. Or that or you know those and you would say things like, you know, I just I need a break. Or I need to go see my mother, mm -hmm. and what really meant I just need a break from you, Negro. <laughs> How did that make you feel? Um, it, it made me feel like I had work to do, really, and I was I became intent upon that, mm -hmm. that I wanted you to be happy, or at least at the place that you're not always thinking I got to get up out of here. Yeah, and that's one thing I can really honestly say throughout. I mean, especially those early early years, and just just throughout our marriage. I think you were very deliberately focused on making sure you can do whatever was within your ability, within reason. Right. Not, you know, if it was crazy, girl, you get yourself together. But within your reason, uh, reasonable ability, what can I do to make her happy? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I think we both in marriages, we do need to be concerned about that and mm -hmm. do what we can to add or contribute contentment and happiness and at the time you have to realize ultimately happiness is going to be a choice yeah and i want the, the davis to chime in but after this but you know um while we talking before we actually get into it because it's really to me i'm just thinking about it never thought about it before it's kind of somewhat rare or unusual let's say unusual because you didn't come from a paradigm of a you know a cohesive you know, together, family. But where did you get this whole mindset, of, you know, of working on your marriage and doing what you could do? To from from the word from church. I mean, my of course, my example example I had for marriage was my uncle Bishop and Mother Bailey, mm -hmm. and um, and you know, and I just I understood very early on that marriage is supposed to be a commitment for life. Period. Wow, it, yeah, it's supposed to be a commitment for life, and in my mind, okay, I don't mean it. I don't mean this. I'm not saying it's making anybody feel bad, but in my mind back then, sinners get divorced. Wow, that that that's not what Christians do. Because okay? we didn't have any marriage counseling. Um, well, we we had we we had some unofficial stuff. What, what was that? Yeah, well, we would just be around talking with. Bishop Bailey and Mother I, Bailey. I don't remember that. Being yeah, maybe you don't. Well, it wasn't. Again, it wasn't anything structured. It, mm. it wasn't anything structured. 
Maybe you didn't even realize what, that they were talking to us while we sat by the way. I, I would recall yeah. one of those. You usually kind of remember some of those lessons. I, yeah. I just don't remember them. Yeah. So, so, but so I, I mean, in my thought, my thought was, okay, whatever, whatever we're going to go through, whatever we're going through, we're going to work it mm -hmm. out and we're going to have to keep working on this till it gets better. Yeah. And that's yeah. phenomenal. So we can read, before we get started um, in this, uh, we got a, a, some things we want to share. Davis's thoughts. Um, one of the things for me to, to answer that question, um, you know, I, we both grew up in divorce households. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I always knew, I, I knew I wanted to be married, but I didn't know what that looked like. And, you know, and I have other family members who were married, but they didn't exactly look happy. Um, and so um, for me, it was kind of twofold, you know, in coming to right direction, um, being at a place in life where I wanted something different than what um, the my family members or friends had who were around, you know, and just kind of being at that having that cathartic life moment, like, okay, something got to change. It's not that things were going terribly wrong for me personally, but it was just like, I don't, I don't want to do things the same way that I have been doing them. Um, mm -hmm. But particularly when it comes to marriage, I knew what I didn't want. You know, mm -hmm. like I knew I didn't want to end up divorced or miserable or, you know, having, having a husband going in his direction and then me going in my direction and we just show up like, you know, <laughs> the people on the church fan, you know, and everything looks good, but we really don't like each other. You know, I knew I didn't want that. Mm. Um, and so I knew I had to um, change my <clears throat> environment and change who I was around and what I was listening to so that I could learn what, a good marriage was like. Yeah, I think the same thing. That that, that the, like being being the the, the the children of a divorced parents. It, it kind of because me when my parents got divorced, I was like, I'm good. I, I'm gonna be that cool uncle. I'm gonna spoil my nephews. I had no plans on getting married. Um, but then I realized when I and then I mean actually, really, Adrian was the meeting. Adrian was one that really kind of moved me into the direction of being of being married. That marriage could actually actually work but I, what i think about with marriage is marriage is a deliberate decision yeah like nobody's nobody's putting a gun to your head telling you you need to get married i mean i they didn't put a gun to my head when they, but it's mm -hmm. like you make a very deliberate decision and it's like if i made this decision you know saying like yeah may as well I might, yeah I might, I, you're good at see it. How this, let me, try to I do a be, good job i want to be good at it i want to be good doesn't walk it out you know yeah. now in my situation my parents separated when I was very young in single digit years. I don't, I have very, very faint memories, if at all, of my father actually living with us, okay? And then from the time I was like eight or nine, my mother had a boyfriend who, who lived with us. Um, so I, I saw two things. Number, number one, I, I saw, I even saw a commitment with her and, her and his boyfriend. They made they they went through all kinds of drama, but they didn't. They stayed there. But the other thing, what I often think about regarding my parents is that my mother told me the reason why she and my father broke up is because my father became an IV drug user, mm. and because he was a drug user, that totally changed him and changed his personality, and caused him to steal and do all kind of crazy things, and he even even go to jail. And so, in my mind, 
so my I, I'm putting all pulling all this together now with from my more mature mind now of looking back and reflecting on this. In my mind, okay, drugs, drugs and going to prison and all that can break up a marriage. Definitely. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So um, in my mind, I ain't doing drugs. Yeah. We I ain't going to prison. Right. It, it, we ain't doing nothing that bad. So surely, whatever we going through, wow. we can make it because it's not that. Yeah. That's what breaks marriages up. Wow, crazy. You know, wow. Yeah. So I just have, you know, while we all are talking, it kind of came together for me um, because, um, you know, and it's a great segue for our, even, you know, this lesson tonight. My father was pretty consistent in coming home. My father came home every day. He was very stable, very consistent. Uh, a fixture with his schedule, and you knew he was coming home at this time, he'd wake up this time, he was there with the family, but he was quiet. Mm. So, I mean, he paid the bills, he did what he needed to do, he was, you know, and he was consistent, mm-hmm. and he seemed reliable. Mm-hmm. But well, he was quiet. But he, he but and he talked, but he didn't. He was quiet. He didn't argue. Didn't argue. He didn't yell. He didn't fuss. None of that. So, and I did all of that. Well, (laughs) you did all of that. But what I realized the whole thing early on in our marriage, you being consistent, and uh, it just hit me Mm because that really didn't mean stability. Mm. Because your father was that, and it dipped. Yeah, but you weren't concerned about me dipping. Well, I realized early on. I mean, because I had to get over that. You know, I had to, you know, this is like, like 18 years ago. I had to get over that whole thought because to me, someone can come home every day. They could faithfully take care of the house, t- take care of the bills, do their responsibilities, what have you. And does not mean they're going to be there the next week. But he wasn't talking either. But he, you know, he talked. When I said wasn't talking, he didn't talk about what. For him to leave, you need, this should have been some conversation. Yeah. We didn't hear any well, conversation. Well, that's that's part of what I'm talking about. Yeah, which is that which right, one thing we're talking seg- about tonight. Great segue. So, but you know, they were talk. I mean, talking as far as being a, being a family unit. But I, I didn't hear any type of you know. I mean, we, you know, homes are small. Houses are small. We're living in this um, second floor house mm-hmm. apartment Go. that we own. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear any tension. I didn't hear any fights. Any, I didn't hear any raised voices. Mm-hmm. Never knew there was a problem. But all of a sudden, he's gone. Gone. And then I heard, I mean, definitely, I did ask him. And he talked, that he shared with me what the problem was. But you never saw that. Yeah. So the whole thing of, of which I know early on, for, when I'm around about when I, when I was in my 40s, I mean, I had to kind of wrestle with some stuff. Because um, your consistency did not mean you you be there. It didn't mean commitment to me. I know you seem that you seem perplexed. Yeah, but because you kind of contradict yourself. You knew I wasn't going anywhere though. Well, I knew early on in the marriage. You know, we didn't have that much experience. You know, you know, you were committed. But after the kids came, I mean, my mother had four kids. I had four kids. We were in this for a minute. They were in it for a minute. You know, and so I'm just saying we have the how the paradigm plays into everything, and so you could be in a in a marriage and you're not having conversation. A person's not telling you how they really truly feel. 
and then you wake up one day and they're gone. Hmm. So we make the point that that greater intimacy creates greater safety and security. And when there's greater intimacy, you're going to have less fighting, less arguments, and um, less, as the term we use, less intense times of fellowship. And when, so when Genesis 2.24 talks of, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. This whole process of becoming one flesh, first of all, I don't think it's a, I think spiritually it's a declaration mm-hmm. at the time that you make your vows to each other. But it takes a lifetime to walk that out. It's kind of like Mother Betty used to say, you can get saved in a minute, but it takes a lifetime to live holy. And so you can make the commitment at the altar, but it takes a it's it's a lifetime of commitment to each other to actually walk this out of being one flesh. And so um, there's several levels of commitment. Okay, and the first one is, uh, you know, according to the to the uh, to this book by Shelley Martinkus on rescue, the first one she talks about is intellectual commitment. Hmm. I mean, in intellectual intimacy. Int- intellectual, intellectual intimacy can just be that you connect ab- about the things that you, you know, uh, you know, it can be talking about what you think, politics, a TV show, things you like. It can be, it can be small talk, hmm. but you, you connect on an intellectual level. Now, meaning you enjoy each other's conversation, right? You have conversation that you enjoy. Now, I'm sure, and thank God we don't. I don't think we have this, but there's sometimes people they don't they don't connect on the intellectual. You know, you so one person trying to talk to the other person, and they realize, man, this person is as dumb as a as a stack of bricks. Okay. <laughs> How does that happen, Herbert? Uh, huh? How does that happen? Because because they're ignoring the fact that they don't have intellectual intimacy. Uh, or maybe they want a trophy, whatever. Right. And they could be, and they, especially, and that's why I always tell people, y'all, y'all know, even you know, even when we do marriage counseling, premarital counseling, I will come out and ask a couple of y'all having sex together. Okay. And it's not for the purpose of judging and reminding them mm-hmm. what fornication is and all that. Because by now, by the time they talk to us, they already know all that. But I always tell them, sex complicates everything. Sex complicates things because sex will have you connect on the physical level and you're ignoring the fact that you don't connect on the intellectual level at all. You just all into what you feel. You, what, what you're you feeling, see. what you're seeing, hitting it, quitting it, and all that kind of stuff. Because you can be compatible sexually. I yeah. mean, you literally meet each other's needs yeah. sexually. And you could be not. And compatible. outside of sex, y'all can't agree on anything. You. You know, you know, it's it's like I was, I was, um, we had some someone around us recently, and I realized every time we talked, it's like I have to explain everything like three or four times. <laughs> he kept misunderstanding everything we said. Uh, you know, if I say one thing, I got to spell a word. <laughs> you know, no, I didn't say that. I, I how did that spell again? Oh, uh, that was hilarious. Amber. I said A M B E R. Just recent yesterday. Yeah. No, they said no. A M B A R. A M B R A. And I'm starting to scratch oh, my head my like, oh, God, you know. And so there's some people, they, they're not connecting intellectually. Uh, Amos 3 and 3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? I think that's talking about intellectual intimacy. Mm. 
First Peter 3 and 7, husbands dwell with your wives according to knowledge. That's talking about having intellectual intimacy, mm. giving honor unto your wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. I don't want to get into that because I've been thinking about this recently, about what does a life hindered by prayer look like? Uh, what does a life that's hindered by unanswered prayer looks like? I don't think you'll never know. Mm. That's again, I don't want to go down that road. But but first Peter three and seven it says that husbands can treat our wives in a way, or not treat our wives in a way that cause our prayers to be hindered. Wow. And so there are things in your life that never manifest. There's there's plateaus you should have reached. Wow. There's things that should have happened that wow. never happened. There's prayers that were never answered based upon how you're treating your wife. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. I don't that's, think I don't think we'll know that unless you. That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother night. Yeah, that's I a mean, whole nother night. Yeah. A life of hindered prayer. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So won't go down. So the one is intellectual intimacy. Okay. Just by and you, you just by connecting about the things that you think. You 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 share you share your thoughts well, with each so other. It's so easy. It's the news, current events. Um, what you think? Like you said, what you're thinking about. It's an easy way to to try to try to develop or grow in that area. Cause we we talk to couples from time to time. It's like when they're dealing with conflict all the time and contention. You say try to talk about stuff that's non-combative, like the weather. Non-emotionally charged. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's to grow in the area of intellectual intimacy. And sometimes that means just allowing your spouse to share their thoughts about things, and you're just saying, "Really? Hmm. Okay. Yeah." Just allowing them to talk through their thoughts doesn't necessarily mean that you have to debate with them. Right. 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 Just allow them right. to share their thoughts about things right. to be for you to be that sounding board. That's kind of hard for you know for people sometimes. You know, because I think it's always trying to resolve something, come to some type of consensus. And like you said, just be that sounding board. Yeah. Um, the second type of intimacy is proximal intimacy. That's simply just being around each other. What does that mean? Like sitting on the couch together? Sitting on the couch together. Going to church in the same car. Going go in the going to church in the same car. Now let's honestly, I'm, we ain't gonna talk honestly, about that right now honestly. because you know you can get in the habit. Well, just get in the habit of just being independent of each other, yeah. and where you don't ever develop um, proximal intimacy because you're always doing everything separately. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with doing right, anything right. things separately, you know. Um, you know, you may want to go work out by yourself. I want to, you know, take I can, a boat go, ride by I can go take a boat ride by myself. We don't have to do everything together, you don't, you don't. but they think, but you should do things together. Yeah, should Everything should not be, be independent separate, of each right? other yeah. and separate from each other. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you develop prosperity just by being around each other. And you'd be surprised how many couples, they're just not around each other. Mm. They're, they're like two ships passing in the night. Right. Mm. So those of y'all are listening, you start making a list of some stuff where you can grow together intellectually and what things you can do to close the gap in you know, proximity. We'll even do things like, hey, I'm running to the store. You want, want to ride with me? Right. We do that. And sometimes we don't necessarily want to <laughs> go. We don't want to go. We don't necessarily want to go, but it's an opportunity for us to develop 
proximal intimacy. I try to get you to grow and develop in some proximal proximity intimacy tonight. Yeah, when you want me to go babysit with you, <laughs> and and I don't, I've been there, done that. I don't have to do that. We don't babysit. We don't babysit. No, we do babysit. Okay. All right. <laughs> we babysit. If you don't have any babies and you take care of somebody else's baby, these are grands. You don't. You you're don't, still babysitting. It's grands. Grand. Grand babysitting. Grand occupied. Jamal, what do y'all call it? Babysitting. <laughs> we all take for you. We'll take what we can get. <laughs> <laughs> the third level of intimacy is spiritual intimacy. Knowing each other on the soul and spiritual level. Mm. And I believe this is what the scriptures means when it says in 2 Corinthians 6, 14, be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what mm. fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness and what communion hath light with darkness? You, How do you have spiritual intimacy with someone who you don't even agree on the most basic of spiritual things, like Jesus is Lord and Savior. That we like that we need a relationship with with the Lord. That the Word is primary. That the Word should be our final authority. And to me, and this this is really this is to me this is the, of all of them. To me, this is the most important one. Even though I'm using it as number three, it's the most important one is knowing each other on that deeper spiritual level so you can so otherwise so you can walk together and and not be unequally yoked and it's it says what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness so one is one is right standing with god one doesn't have right standing with god and so what communion does light and darkness have because you all are you one is still in the world one is one is saved one is serving the lord one is not serving the lord which means either we serve the lord or we serve we serve the devil we serve the lord or we serve our flesh and so that's that's spiritual intimacy and then you can do things to enhance that, of course. Of, of course, that becomes deeper if you pray together, if you worship together, if you share, if you share the things that God is speaking to you, if you can share those things with each other, if you can share revelation that God's given each of you as you're reading the word and studying the word. But you can't do any of that if you don't have a, the most basic of spiritual intimacy. Adrian Jamal, what, what's your thoughts about that? Well, I, when you said uh, spiritual intimacy, I I think it's just, it's good that you said that that's the, that's the most important because with that spiritual intimacy, intimacy, God can give you insider information about about your spouse where you can connect them on those other levels. Exactly. It's like it's because I mean, like like I'm kind of a I'm a, I'm somewhat of a history nerd, but Adrian's not gonna sit down and write, read read through no history book with me. But we, but God will give us wisdom to sit down and watch like a period piece or 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 documentary. Or, or documentary. And, and God to give us wisdom on how to connect with each other. Um, you said outside of that that spiritual relationship, but you said some some good things. Even when you were talking about the intellectual intimacy, and not and allowing your spouse to own their opinion, because if you if you're constantly debating intellectually, one of you will stop talking. Right. And then y'all don't have the ability to connect. Now, now I have a question. So, so, so you said you're you're a history nerd. So, if you're reading a history book or reading a history article or whatever. And you come across something that's really interesting and exciting to you. Do you are, are you able to share that with Adrian? 
it, it depends on what it is. Like, like sometimes, like especially at the while, like I say with like African history, African American history. Sometimes she be like, "All right, Jamal, enough black stuff." You know, say like, "Okay, we're good." Like, <laughs> like that's that's enough. You know, no black stuff. Enough with, that's enough with the trauma. We we all right. This is good. We outside of Black History Month. But any, any other time, but I indulge. She does. She will indulge me. But it, there is a limit. Yeah. But it, but it's the same thing where she's talking about like the Victorian era. Are we watching something about the Queen of England and the Royals. I'm like, all right, that's the last. Right. I'm, 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 and, or, or some kind of science yeah. thing or something like yeah. that, or you know, some kind of yeah. anatomy thing. Yeah. And he'd be like. I can't do this. Yeah. And I'm like, but listen, this is so cool. Yeah, and I but think you, you, your, spouse have, yeah, your spouse to have a limit. Don't worry your spouse out. I think you realize, you right. can tell when they, they, their eyes are starting to glaze over, like, okay, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't overstay my welcome. But I, <laughs> but I think, I think part of developing that, in, that intellectual intimacy is to just listen mm-hmm. to those things that interest your spouse. Right, right. Because right. there's right. things that my husband is interested in and I might not be like, mm, that's okay. I know I need to be you know, informed on it, but he's the expert in this. So I listen to um, what he is really excited about. But then we also share a lot of things, I guess, in the area of like history. We love Victorian, we mm-hmm. love um, um, area, um, period histories. You know, the, you know, we enjoy watching those movies. We enjoy talking about those things. You know, only the time I get kind of like a little bit like glossed over in the eyes, and then he really gets into finances sometimes, and it's that's just trauma. <laughs> I'm just trying to get healed from it, and once I get healed from it, I can be like I have a spark in my eyes. I realize it's just trauma. It's like he's going to get on me about something. He's going to say, I just give it a count. I just want you to, I just want you to know and be aware. I feel like it's coming. I feel something's coming. No. When he's talking about money, I'm like, well, something's coming about me. Something's coming about me. Something I didn't do. Something that I'm no, doing. So, and, and that's the only reason why I don't actually really fully connect in that area. But um, it's really good to, you know, to, like you said, just, just listen. Yeah. You know, just listen. The fourth level of, fourth form of intimacy is emotional intimacy and many times the emotional intimacy is more difficult for men um which is this comes from sharing your innermost feelings whether that's about feelings of fear rejection insecurities heartache disappointment and that takes a real vulnerability to really connect Mm. and have intimacy on a on an emotional level and I think many times what keeps sometimes men from connecting on the emotional level, particularly with us, with, with our spouses, mm-hmm. is that if we are in the whole thing of fix it, have a solution, a lot of times we don't have a quick, immediate solution mm-hmm. to your emotional issues. Definitely. definitely. And I, I would, you know, how can wives get their husband to be more vulnerable. To to listen to your vulnerability no. or for us to be more vulnerable? Yeah, for husbands to share. Uh, um, I don't know. What's your, what's your recommendation I mean, for that? because that's something that, you like, you know, they just, you weren't raised to be vulnerable right. most of the time. So right. That's the case. I think, I think to what whatever degree a husband or man expresses vulnerability to immediately... Um, I guess be supportive, mm-hmm. or or at least knowing that you're tuned in and listening. Yeah, 
Yeah. You know, and I think like like if if a man's if a man ever says if his man is vulnerable enough, the wife says, you know, this is how I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And the wife ever came back. Well, what you mean you don't know what you're supposed to? You're supposed to have a plan. You're supposed to have the vision. Well, you can forget that. You, yeah. You're never going to hear that again. Definitely. Or if we <laughs> ever talked about, or that, you know, a uh, husband is sharing his feelings. And the wife will say, that's silly. Or that's ridiculous. Or, you know, I don't understand why you're feeling that way. Even though you're trying, the wife is, in her mind, she makes like, I really didn't say anything that's wrong. When that's something that a man has not practiced, it's not his norm. Any of those statements sounds like criticism or judgment. Right. So it's like it's a women when we communicate in an area and talk about vulnerability, we may say, "Well, I don't understand that." To to another female, and then she's because we equip, we'll go into that other female going to mode to help them. This is why I'm saying it. But we can use those same skills that we use with women. And bring it into the relationship with the husband, and they'll shut a man down. Hmm. You think like you know, because he, you know, it's like I'm just bringing what I know. I don't, I don't, you know, I can't explain. I can't help you understand what I'm feeling when I don't even understand it myself. Right, right. Um, you know, I often think about in First Samuel, the first chapter, the whole thing with Elkanah and mm. Hannah. Mm. There was apparently an emotional disconnection there. Mm-hmm where she's crying at the altar and he makes it about him. Mm-hmm. And he said to her, she's crying about not having a child, about Panina having children, her not having children, her womb being closed. And uh, he said, and she wasn't eating. And he said to her, why aren't you eating? Why is your heart grieved? Then he says, am not I better to thee than 10 sons? Mm-hmm. Come on, come on, ain't, ain't I a good husband to you? <laughs> And so apparently there was a, an emotional disconnection there of intimacy for him to, uh, I, I guess he could not empathize with what she was feeling, Mm-mm. but I guess he could have been more supportive. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially back then, he probably didn't have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> he had a clue. There, 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 there was no therapy for no me. No therapy for me no, no back therapy. there. Uh-uh. The fifth type of intimacy which can be an easy one. And it kind of incorporates the, the proximity, the proximal and the inter, intellectual um, intimacy, which is recreational intimacy. Okay. Recreational, anything you do that recreates your relationship. Hmm. That can be dates, that can be playing games. Going to the movies. Going to the movies. Things perhaps that you did even before you were married, before you got into the, all the busyness and business of marriage, yeah. the busyness of raising children, the busyness of having a schedule, the busyness of, of all your serving you're doing at ministry, in ministry, you know, things that you do that just create you and remind you that we are a couple. Before you got into all of that, what did you do? That's, that's something. Yeah. Rec- recreational yeah. intimacy. Stirring you know, that could be, you could be, you know, for those who ride, yeah, that could be riding bikes together, could be going for a walk together. It's just doing things together recreationally. You know, it's so funny. I was I was going out to get the mail, and it's something about the the lawn right in front of our house that mm-hmm. takes me back to a park. Mm. So I was like, oh, I'm going to come out here and spread a blanket out, give mm. me a book. Until you see some bugs. And, well, you know what? <laughs> I'm a, but I had an answer for that. 
What's your answer? I'm for getting that? ready to get my lawn treated. Okay. Yeah. So. Cool. Mm-hmm. Now, 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 what does that have to do with recreational intimacy? Because, because you're doing that by yourself. No, I, didn't say, you, didn't invite, you didn't invite me to this picnic you, at all. You interrupted me with the bug story. <laughs> I was going to say, and I was going to, and I thought about what well, stimulated that. I thought about how we used to always, because we didn't have money. Well, right, when you we didn't started have money. dating. You didn't have money. Anymore. I didn't want to show you all my money. I, I want to make sure you, you wasn't. You always hid your money. I want to make the table when you give it paid for I want to make sure you wasn't a gold digger. Listen, he counted Jamal. He counted his money underneath. Yeah, the table. I, I couldn't be showing her all my money. When he saw the bill. I, I wanted to make sure <laughs> her heart was right. I want to make sure she was in this for the right reasons. But we would spread a blanket in a minute. You yeah. kept the blanket in the car. Yeah. Why you kept a blanket in the car? Well, a couple reasons. One. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Why you for, have a in for, for picnics, for spontaneous picnics. You used to do spontaneous picnics. Yeah, picnics we did lot. spontaneous picnics, but, didn't we? Before me, but you, you know, you always had the blanket. No, that, that was just for you, baby. <laughs> that, was, that was your okay, blanket. Okay, let's go on. Let's keep it moving. So recreational um, intimacy, <laughs> creating things to reconnect, dates, playing games, planning your future. Picnics. I we used to play Scrabble walking, and Monopoly all the time. Playing Scrabble. Did, did, earlier, did we used to play 500? We used to play 500. I forgot how to play 500 now. Yeah, 500 500 Rumble when we first got married. Yeah. Uh, number six, non-sexual touch. We used to play strip poker too when we first got married. No, we didn't. I don't know about no strip poker. Non, non-sexual touch. Touches throughout the day for any reason or no reason. Holding hands. Cuddling on the couch, like you come by, you come by and squeeze my head. You, 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 you really trying to tell me something? No, that's the ball head. I don't know what it is about. It just be like shiny when I walk by, so mm-hmm. I squeeze it. Yeah, you be, she be trying, she be trying to. He has a theory. He has a yeah, theory, when she, y'all. When she come he by, has a theory. When she come by and rub my head, he thinks. He thinks. She trying to let me know. She trying to rub he my thinks. head. <laughs> he thinks that's the case. Yeah. Okay, I think my daughter's on here. We gotta stop it. Yeah. So <laughs> non-sexual touch. Touch it throughout the day for any reason or no reason. Holding hands, cuddling on the couch. Mm. Okay, love taps, just walking by, touching each other on the shoulder. I mean, you'd be surprised, couple who just don't touch each other. Okay. Um, you know, the Bible talks in Genesis 28, 6, 28, 6 and When's 8. When's the last time you touched your spouse? Yeah. The Bible asks Genesis 26 and 8 that when um, uh, Isaac, just like his father Abraham did, had lied and said that his wife was his sister, it said that um, Abimelech, um, he looked out the window and saw Isaac sporting with Rebecca, his wife. I really wanted, I've tried to do so much research on that word sporting. Mm-hmm. Most translations says, says caressing. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he was touching her in a way that Abimelech said, ain't no way that's your sister. And you don't, you don't touch your sister like that. It was a heavy PDA. It was, it, he said, nah, you lying. That it ain't no way that's your sister. Because if you're touching your sister like that, you ought to be arrested. <laughs> okay. And so, and, and so, um, there's, there's non, non-sex was touch. And then, it, and then the seventh one, which is what? Is sexual intimacy. All right. Which ultimately should bring together all the other types of intimacy. And so if you have these other things going for you, okay, if you, if you have intellectual mm-hmm. intimacy and you have proximal intimacy that you're around each other, you enjoy being around each other, if you're connecting on a spiritual level, if you have emotional 
intimacy and you can share each other with your 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 greatest fears, your highs, your lows with each other, your peaks and your valleys of your emotion with each other. If you have recreational intimacy, uh, that you just do the things together. If you have the non-sexual touch intimacy, then all of that should culminate with the sexual intimacy. But just because you have the sexual intimacy, it doesn't mean that you have these other things. That's true. Now, early on, I mean, we were like strong and sexual. Yeah. <laughs> What you trying to say, Pastor Mark? I was to say we were strong and say we had that on lockdown. We, because you know, as a couple, you can have like this chemistry. Yeah, you know. And then we had to, we had to grow in these other areas. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think we had early on we had sexual and proximity, yeah. and recre recreational. Yeah, yeah, we had that. I think you know, and you know, even even for us to this day, probably the greatest one we still work on is our emotional intimacy. Well, I'm there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, and and here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. Now think about this. I think the emotional needs, mm -hmm. even for a man, now I'm going deeper here now, okay. can change, and for a woman too, oh, change as you get older. And, and how do you process that? How does a man, for example, men, wow. men aren't thinking about the fact that, well, and they're, they're thinking about it. They're not expressing the fact that, man, I'm getting older. I'm 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 getting older. You know, Bishop Jake said he he expressed it. He says, I realize I got more years behind me mm -hmm. than I got in front of me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's that creates a different type of emotional need. Yeah. Or thoughts that you have that perhaps you never dealt with when you were in your twenties yeah. or your thirties. Yeah. And you never even talked about that. Man, I got some real concerns about getting older. Man, this this health issue that seem like it's just a little thing man i'm concerned this could end up being a Cute. fatal thing in my right, life right right or you know or you can go through different seasons within your marriage that um can challenge you in the area of connecting with your spouse emotionally and i think you know it goes back to it says you know for in the scripture you read in first peter that husbands dwell with your wife according to knowledge i just think it's just good for not just husbands, but women, wives. You got to dwell with your husband according to knowledge. You have to, you know, realize you can't keep him pinned in the early years, you know, or um, the frivolous years, you know, because we all go through different things, you know, and seasons. Or, or, or a mistake of the past. A mistake of the past. You're right. And, and this is the whole thing. It's like whether what transpired within your marriage you did not, for whatever reason, leave. You you made a commitment to stay. When you make a commitment to stay, you also got to make a commitment to let it go. So you don't. When you don't let it go, you keep a person pinned. Somebody asked me one time when they I, when they were talking about leaving mm -hmm. their marriage because of something that happened three or four years ago, and I said that was three or four years ago. And they said, "Are you saying there's a statute of limitations?" I said, "Yes." Yeah. If you made the decision to not let at that point that to let that destroy your marriage at that point you decided right. yes there is a statute of limitation that we're not bringing this up anymore we're not going to continue to make this an issue if we say that we are moving on and not forgiving you of this mm, that's good that's yeah good. there is a statute of limitation so you know we're so, gonna give it open up you know, go yeah. back to what you mentioned you know as far as uh as men and the different getting older and i remember there was a time in our you know our marriage where we was turning that corner when our children were leaving the home 
And um, I mean, I got over the, the hump of, oh my God, we in this house by ourselves, what am I going to do? But got over that hump. And I, I, and then when when we are Christians and we have a relationship with the Lord, he will begin to speak to you about how to be in that marriage in that season. And I'll never forget this because, you know, when, you know, you can kind of be around someone for a while, you're looking at kids are grown, doing me, doing my thing, all that kind of stuff. And the Lord really pulled on me. It's like, no, you know, your husband deserves companionship. That was huge for me. The yeah. Lord had to tell you I deserve companionship. Yeah. I'm so glad the Lord exists. Well, you know what? See, there we go. I'm just so glad. I'm thank, being vulnerable, y'all. Thank the Lord for the Lord you know you that let you know I need a companionship. Well, you are sharing it because you that weren't vulnerable. But, you know, so, but the Lord had to speak that to me, meaning that, you know, my husband deserved companionship, meaning slow my life down some and look to connect with you for companionship. Mm -hmm. And I think there's times in our marriage when, you know, you go through different seasons that you got to look to see how you can be that companion and, so you can and have let some me, more connection Let points. me make that even simpler. Being your husband's companion, your wife's companion means, listen to this, it's a real simple, just think about, think about it. Practice being your husband's girlfriend and your, and your wife's That's boyfriend. Really, yeah. What types of things that you do does a boyfriend do? Does a girlfriend do? Right. And so just because you become a wife right. doesn't mean we stop doing those things. Right. And that's so good. You know, because continue being each other's boyfriend and girlfriend. And sometimes because you've been in the game long enough, do you know what it is to be a girlfriend? Do you know what it is to be a boyfriend? Think back. And you got to think back. What does that look like? It looks what? like companionship. It looks like hanging out with each other. Right. It looks like enjoying each other. It looks like wanting to be around each other. Mm -hmm. And it's also not just that, you know, you know, there's certain types of energy boyfriends bring in a certain type of energy that made a little bit deeper for me, a certain type of energy a girlfriend bring in to a moment. So it's, you know, it looks like this, but it also is the energy of a little bit more lightheartedness, <clears throat> you know, uh, you know, uh, more laughter, Sure. You know, less focusing on the drama. And 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 that's why I say there are times when you just have to turn off from the busyness of life and of marriage and say, okay, okay, yes, we do have kids. We got graduation coming up. We got this happening. Yes, this bill is due and blah, blah. There's times you really need to just say, okay, right. we're going to focus just on us right now. And you know, boyfriend, turn that off. And, and, and boys and girlfriends, they selfless. You know, you're constantly thinking about the right. other you person. You do things just for the other person. Yeah. And it's a really actually when you do those things, you know, you come across more kind. You come across more patient. You come across more understanding when you're in that boyfriend or girlfriend role. Let's open this up. Yeah, so I wanna wanna open up for I'm I'm curious as to what are some in the room tonight, your thoughts about companionship not companionship, about intimacy. Uh, uh, how how are you and your husband, you and your wife, doing with intimacy, with the different levels of intimacy? Are you do you have more uh, do you have more intimacy in one area than another area? What are the areas, perhaps, that you realize we need to work on in this particular mm. area of intimacy? You know, you can have people who just they just real spiritual. They speak in tongues together. They mm -hmm. go right out. They they speak in, my, my, my. and they they interpret for each other. <laughs> okay. And, uh, you know, they got real good spiritual intimacy, but they don't 
maybe lacking some interest in also, some other area. we have someone on the platform. And also, raise your hand if you want to speak. Yeah, and my moderators will acknowledge you and bring you up on stage as, as we have opportunity. Okay, thank you tonight. We have Madam CEO tonight with us. Madam CEO, uh, your question or comment tonight. Hello, yes, my comment, I have really, really enjoyed this and I'm looking forward to sharing this with my spouse and um, other couples that I know. I, it seems as though the couples that I talk to along with my own has been going through some severe challenges. And um, I think this discussion, especially understanding the fears and concerns of men is extremely important and extremely vital. Yeah. And knowing that they need, sometimes ladies that we have to go and ask God and I felt the conviction there going through a hard time. I won't discuss it, of course, on this forum, but what I will say, sometimes it's difficult to reconnect when you've been together for so long. I'm going on 30 years now, and this is probably the hardest time that I've had in my marriage, um, but it is not something that is insurmountable. Um, I, I just really appreciate the comments. I will uh, definitely back channel you guys and um, and, and maybe there's some insight that I might be missing based on what you said about the 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 one of the levels of intimacy was just 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 casual touch, yeah, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. I know how it works. I get it. But I think one of the challenges that I have not only experienced but others have experienced is um, um, that we have to make sure that we are open to it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when you've not been open to it and then the person, you know, really wants, they have their heart has changed, but their spouse is not responsive to it. Mm. Can I ask you, do you have children? Yes, I do. They're grown. And how old are your children? 34 and 26. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and so how long have they been out of the home? One has been out of the home almost eight years. The other one is still here, but he's okay. in his, the way our house is, it's not, he has his own apartment. Oh, Got we get you. it. We get it. Got mm-hmm. you. Okay. Because I, I was curious, you, you, you were talking about that this has been probably some of the most difficult years in the marriage. I was curious if you saw a change happening as you, when your children got older. Absolutely. And Moise, when we were, when we retired from ministry and retired from corporate America, things happened. We changed because that's what we had done for so many long years. Exactly. Um, so just regathering who we are and being open to that, I think is extremely important. And I would love to um, listen if there's some other tools that you would suggest for um, your listeners and things you can do to reconnect. Um, if that is the, the area that you find is lacking, what is it some things that, that can be done if a person is a little hesitant? Mm, and sure. I'll rest my mic. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you Thank so much you. for sharing tonight. Well, we can kind of speak to a little bit about that. We've been married 37 years and we've had... 37 years last week. Last week. And we had that, that moment within our marriage where it seemed like it was like kind of getting kind of stale or challenging. And um, with one might or the other might have been more open. The other one might be like, well, humdrum, whatever. It's just that. Well, you still feel like this is this is this is too little, too late. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's the actual, the being determined, consistent, and the commitment to, like, we're not going anywhere, you know. Right. And I'm going to takes a lot of humility. Yeah. So the basics of it is, you know, I often talk about the, is the foundation 
for any marriage have to be commitment mm-hmm. and that both of you are committed. We're not going anywhere. And then, so remember in the back when we were going through those mm-hmm. times, I, I made my mind. I said, well, if I'm going to be miserable, I'm just going to be miserable with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if I said that directly to you, but no, you I, I know I said that to myself. Mm-hmm. If I, I'll be miserable, I'll just be miserable with you because mm-hmm. I'm not going anywhere. And then it occurred to me, I mean, now I'm 60 now. I was probably in my 40s when I was saying that. And then I realized I still got a long way to go here. <laughs> miserable can be a long time. So no, it, it can't just be if I'm going to be with you, I'm going to be, if I'm going to be miserable. No, since I'm going to be with you, then I made up my mind, I'm not going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. And then one of the things, this, this, this one of the things that really came up in my spirit, I think as husbands and wives, you have to have the discipline to do what you know you should do, not just what you should, what you right, feel like right, doing. Right. There's certain things that I do for you, whether I feel like it or not, because you are my wife. Mm-hmm. Because you are my wife, you are entitled to me doing that. Mm-hmm. Because you are my wife. Right. Whether that's sim- a simple thing as me opening up the door for you or helping you out of the car, right. whether I feel like it or not, mm-hmm. I do it because you are my wife. And there's certain things that I have condition myself and discipline myself i do this as your husband right right and also i know for me what helped me to kind of be more open when because i think sometimes when you're in the business of having kids and doing the business of as you mentioned corporate america and ministry you're just doing you're doing the work of life and that can cause you to drift apart but i think what when that when our children had started to leave the home and it's like, oh, wow, the things that we had to focus on was no longer there. Then you saw what you did not have or what you did have. Or even the distraction. Sometimes children are distractions from what's really going on or not going on with the couple. But I know for me, what helped me is as a couple, and I don't know where you may be in the area of being exposed to marriage at a higher level. And which means you're hearing messages together some kind of way. It was like it was being inserted, you know, when we would go to conference and we hear one of the speakers insert about a healthy marriage and insert something about what men might think or what women might think. And you realize, oh, this is just not me. It's not just this is something characteristic of being a male, characteristic of being a female. Oh, and so those things made a difference in, in processing for me that also helped me to be open, you know? And so I think about, you know, when I was listening to you talk, the sister talk that was on, on, a, on, on the mic, I started thinking about when I was hearing different things and I realized, oh, well, I need to be, you know, that shifted me and it literally made my heart more open to when you, when you might think a little bit too late. That's oh no, I need to be open. So you gotta constantly expose yourself to someone else that you see at a different level that can really impact your heart. That that can give you some relationship goals. Yes. <laughs> relationship goals and also teach you. Yeah. You know, and that can help. And so I don't know where y'all are in ministry. You know, um, you say you retired from ministry, and sometimes when you retire in ministry, you could be you unplug a little bit, but I don't know where you can plug into that. You, at some level, that you can someone can speak into your lives directly or indirectly, 
to help you to grow to continue because that's yeah. what helped me. That's what yeah, helped and me. And then, anyway, and sometimes we can be doing so much for for other people, particularly ministry. And it, you know, and you know, in corporate marriage, you working many times. You're working on your goals, mm-hmm. and you, your your goals outside the home can become more dominant than your roles inside the home. Right. Right. So that that can be, that can become an issue. So despite your goals, you got to remember your roles. Right, but remember as a husband, roles as but, a wife. But even not too long. I mean, because we have people in our lives that teach us and preach to us and speak. To, I mean, and they will call an altar, and we we show in the church. We didn't know what they're going to talk about in this concert, and they're talking about marriage, they talk about the marriage relationship, and the then they will open up the altar, and in our roles now, we still stayed open to go to to the altar as a couple. I mean, we've done that a couple mm-hmm. of times. Yeah. And so in, in those times when we was in those sessions where they could speak into our lives and, you know, I remember you grab my hand, we go into the altar, you know, and all those things make a difference. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, were there, were there any others questions or comments regarding, thank you for um, sharing where you are regarding intimacy. Uh, how, how are you doing with intimacy? What do you, what areas of intimacy do you need to continue to work on? What stands out to you? Anybody else tonight before we get ready to go off tonight? Bishop, that's definitely, it's definitely something that we um, have had to work on, particularly um, in the area of um, sexual intimacy, because like you said, sometimes you could just get so busy with other things um, that you forget the other types of intimacy, you forget the other areas. And so it almost becomes, well, I can say for me, it, it sex became a chore. It became like something on the list of things that I know I'm supposed to do as a biblical wife and not necessarily something that I am supposed to enjoy. And so because of that, because it was like a box on the checklist, I started to really almost started to despise it Mm. but but because i was but it was also because i felt like i was missing some of these other areas like you know the recreational the you know hanging out the going on dates and things like that that kind of built up and led to the sexual so i think it's important for us to remember like you said earlier that these things are all encompassing that they all feed into each other that you you don't want to get to a place where there's one that and there may be times for you know like for us we we've gone through some things where medically you know we couldn't have sexual intimacy um so outside of extremities like that like you don't want to just be like you know, heavy on one or two or three and then neglect the others yeah i mean to, to your point I think um, in a couple with a couple, there's always there's always multiple parts to play. Like, yeah, we weren't having the physical intimacy, but if I would have been more inclined to be more emotionally connected to you, or more, or more, um, or more, you know, proximity connected to you, or even the non-sexual contact, that maybe 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 want to be made you want to be more inclined sexually. So I think mm-hmm. so I think sometimes before we start, I mean, and I, I'm learning this on the other side, you know. <laughs> Before we start being like, well, my spouse, my spouse, my spouse, we can like, okay, what am I, how am I not connecting with them on other areas? And maybe these other doors will open up. Yeah. And I would encourage couples to, you know, build upon what you, what you have, 
work on the others, but if you, whatever you have, you know, there's a scripture that says strengthen the things that remain. And so what you know, you do have good, hold, hold on to that. And then, you know, and, and then reach forward to, to also improve in the other areas. And I, you know, I, I think this whole marriage, um, I don't want to sound like I'm minimizing. So let me not say what I'll get ready to say. I say it's marriage thing. The institution of marriage that God has ordained, it's a lifelong pursuit. You know, so I, I have seen, I know of older couples who were older than us. And yeah, they're together, but I, but they, but they're like, yeah, they, they've been married for 50, 50, 55 years, but I can see they ain't, they, they ain't no, they ain't, they're together, but they ain't no joy in this. Mm. They don't, like each other. they don't like each other. They're tolerant of each other. Mm-hmm. They ain't going anywhere. I'm like, I don't want that. They don't have fun with each other. Yeah. I don't I don't want that either. Mm-mm. You know? You know, just, just well, hey, we here. No, I mean, you know, David said, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. We need to sometimes pray, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my marriage. Right. I married this person because I, I want to have, I enjoyed them. I want to have fun with them. Now, we also know, of, I know of a couple who divorced because they said, they said they got married all for supposedly spiritual reasons, mm-hmm. you know, and that didn't work. They said, they said the Lord, mm-hmm. she, she told Kevin, told him, the Lord told me you're my husband. And, and because he was more spiritual than him, he said, okay. He said, oh, okay. <laughs> and so they went off and got married. And then they realized they had nothing together mm-hmm. other than the fact that she supposedly heard God. Right. And then as they got married, they found that she had had all kinds of trauma. Right. She didn't want to be touched physically. She had been abused and traumatized and they, they, didn't, have, they didn't have a sexual relationship. She didn't want him touching her. Uh, it, it was all kinds of stuff, but supposedly it was, it was, it was started spiritually. Need to ask some questions. Huh? Need to ask some questions. And so, so I think, I think it's not, it's not either or it's both. And yeah. it's all of these that we need to bring right. into a healthy marriage. And I think if the pandemic didn't teach us anything, you know, because when we went into lockdown and staying in the house, that you got to make a decision that you give with people that you want, you like, yeah. and that you, and you need to make a decision that, you know what? I'm married. I'm not going anywhere, but I need to grow in like, <laughs> I yeah. need to grow in liking my spouse because God forbid, if we go through something that we have to go into you know, confined quarters again, you know, that's what we saw, you know, during the pandemic. So many people said, I ain't going to do this. I have to stay for how many weeks with my spouse in this small place. I'm done. Or, or even God forbid, one you know we know people one 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 other going through health issues and the other one needs them, needs them to care for them. It's hard to care for somebody you don't like. Right, right. So you it's hard to inconvenience yourself with somebody you don't like. Definitely. So you can't even like you know couples say, well, I'm not going to go anywhere. She ain't going anywhere. That doesn't mean is you give a, you have a license to be nasty. Right. A license to be rude. And I think we just need to, you know, make a decision that you don't know what life may bring you and that you may need your spouse and you don't want it to be like a like a shackle and ball thing. Yeah, and one thing that I would remind us as we get ready to end tonight is that all as Christians, all those scriptures that we read 
Come on. All those scriptures, it's just talking about how we treat another human being. That's right. A brother or sister in right. Christ. Galatians, right. I believe the fifth chapter says, or sixth chapter, it says, as we have opportunity to do good for to all men, especially those of the household of faith. Mm. Just you do good to all men. All men, me, husband. All people. And <laughs> all so, so your husband, your wife is first and foremost a human being and your brother and sister in Christ. Right. How would you just treat another brother and sister in Christ? Mm. How would you speak to just another brother and sister right. in Christ? Right. Because we can speak to our spouses in a way and treat our spouses in a way that we wouldn't treat mm. somebody else. But right. some type of way we think because this is our spouse that gives us a license to be unkind or or mean right and all the more it should not Mm -hmm. this is the this is the one who's who's closest to us the 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 wife of our youth husband of our youth the mother of our children the father of our children the one that we've committed ourselves to do just be learn practice being nice to each other Mm -hmm. that's half the battle yeah you know practice being nice to each other well i pray this has been helpful to us tonight. Thank you for all of you who joined us tonight in the Growing room. Intimacy. Growing your intimacy. Growing us. Uh, who joined us tonight in the Marriage, Faith, and Family room. Uh, Chandler, I, I saw your avatar up here tonight, you and your family. Were you with us tonight? You got anything you want oh, to say? Oh, yes, I did. I know we're about to end, but I, I mean, you touched on a lot. It was really, really good. Uh, the only thing I was, going, I was thinking about was how uh, challenging that can be for some couples in seasons where you guys can you guys can be basically not intellectually intimate you realize you're not seeing on the same page it doesn't even have to be arguments it could be because you're just in different seasons of life or different scenarios like whether your wife just has a baby and they're doing postpartum and you just don't understand that and so it takes a lot of empathy it takes a lot of work but you guys gave us the tools tonight on doing that and that was awesome to have uh you all share that but yeah that's it and 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 i would say just be patient just listen Mm-hmm. allow them that space to talk, mm-hmm. you know, allow them that space to, and in some cases, maybe even venting how they, and just pouring out how they're feeling. I mean, allow them that space. And, and again, as men, we have to remember because men, many times we want to, we want to jump in and give solutions mm-hmm. and, and we need to say it's okay to not give solutions. And you asked, you asked earlier, uh, you asked a question, honey, and I don't think I got a chance to answer it, but you asked one of the, one of the things that we can, wives can do or something like that. And to, to help promote those conversations, create intimacy um, and particularly emotional intimacy is when you want to talk to be able to say, um, Hey, I just, there's some things I just wanted to, I don't need you to do anything. I don't need you to fix anything. I just want to process some thoughts with you. Mm. And one of the things is so important for us, catch this men and women, men and women, male and female, understand this. Women women process and solve things by talking. Men solve things by thinking. And so we got to meet each other in the middle there. A man wants to be quiet and just think. And a woman wants to talk. And so men have to understand that while she's talking, she's processing. And women need to say, while he's not saying anything, many times he's processing. He goes to his cave, is what John Gray used to say from from um, 
Men is from Mars, women's from Venus. Men tend to go into a cave and think and process, and then they come out with answers and solutions. So, all right, again, thank all of you for joining us tonight. We're going to close out in prayer. Father, I thank you for each of those who have been with us tonight. I pray that something's been said, something's been imparted, something's been shared tonight that's going to make us better. Father, I pray for every couple tonight who's going through any challenges in their intimacy. I ask, Father, that you give us the knowledge, the wisdom, the understanding how to be better in the name of Jesus. We can't work on everything at one time. And some of us, we, we can feel like this is just overwhelming and we don't know what to do or how to do it. So, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would be our revelatory light. Show us the one thing that we can do. Everything starts with one thing. So show us the one thing that we can do to change the atmosphere, to change our habits, to change our dispositions, to change our attitude that will lead to greater intimacy. Holy Spirit, we trust you. We depend upon you to help us in all of our infirmities, all our inadequacies and all our weaknesses. In Jesus' name. Amen. Till next week, y'all have a great week, great night. Be blessed. If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for marriage, faith, and family inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash RDCITV. We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time.